Welcome back, Cocky Nation. It is your host, Brandon Owens. We are, it's only me and a special guest tonight who is going to be one of the co-hosts of the new uh, A-Sun podcast, but we are actually going to do an AQ7 podcast in the fall. Uh, Will Siler, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. I know you're tired. I know I'm tired. Uh, summer camp has been kicking my butt. Um, those little kids. Enough. Enough said about that. Just little kids. Uh, so I know we have. Before we jump into everything, I know we've been uh, watching the James Madison softball team. Um, man, the seeing that trio of Kate Gordon. Alexander and Meeks ever since the super regionals, it's always been one of those three making tremendous plays. I it's definitely, I mean, obviously Alexander to me is one of the most fun players to watch. She's so intense. I mean, you can, you see it in her eye and you know, if you haven't, I know you've watched it, but if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the coolest play in the history of softball, you need to go look at it. Um, she's a, she's a gamer and then getting up, obviously hurt and pitching the final out. That was big time. And, uh, so yeah, she's, she's awesome to watch. She's, uh, one of the more exciting players in softball. Absolutely. She, it, she pretty much got the job done in the final two outs. Um, for those of you that have not seen the game, they went into the college world series, took down the overall number one seed, Oklahoma, and then faced the number five seed. Oklahoma State, something like that, sure, but they yeah. just they beat Oklahoma State, and um, Alexander just got the. She did a phenomenal job on the last two outs. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into our podcast. Um, uh, we both went to Frisco, so why don't you? You had a different experience than I did, so why don't you just tell me about your experience? So me and my dad actually decided to go, probably back in. I guess before the spring season started, it was in January because we've always playing at UCA. I always wanted to, you know, be there playing, but never really had, never had the opportunity. And then we always wanted to make the trip, but it was always during the spring semester. So I couldn't. Um, but now that it was, you know, in May and football was over, it was like, let's do it. And so we went, we, uh, we drove down the day before the game. We drove down that Saturday and, um, we, uh, we got to our hotel got checked in, went to a really nice sports bar. Uh, it was right across the parking lot. It was called, um, what was it called? Wild Pitch. So it was, it was nice. Uh, had a great time. And then uh, the weather came in Sunday morning. And, but I mean, I, we had the same experience, I think, on Sunday. So, I mean, it was a uh, heck of a game. Well, I mean, we had perfect seats to watch the, the last, uh, last play of the, or last touchdown of the game. Um, that was one of the, one of the more fun experiences I would say in my, in watching football for me. So, yeah. So I flew out the Friday before the game from Nashville, uh, didn't have any issues, uh, flying out. And then when I got to Dallas, uh, I had to pick up my rental car and had a few issues there, but nothing major. And so once I got my car, uh, picked up Matt Frazee and Jamie Williams, who those of you that are listening are, uh, were regulars on the FCS Fans Nation page. Matt actually hosts it, and Jamie was brought on for the spring spring season, and hopefully for few for future seasons as well. Um, love his takes on everything. Um, but finally picked them up. Uh, took them to their Airbnb. Met up with Kyler, and we waited on Chris Hammond um, to get there. And then after we got to uh, shush, there's there's stories there. Uh, so when we get when Chris finally gets in, we just uh, chilled. There was a little taco place, literally right next to the Airbnb. So we ate there. Um, then the next day we went to Top Golf and went to tight ends uh if you have children please do not take them because there were like kids ranging from ages four to ten 
and it is not a place for them. Uh, for those of you listening, just just don't take your kids. Leave them at home. Um, and then we got to the we were about to leave, and one of the best uh, places I've had wings. Their their wings were uh, absolutely good, uh, phenomenal. The food in Texas is just a lot better in Al- uh, than Alabama, in my opinion. Um, but then fast forward to um, Sunday. Yes, it rained. Uh, we went to tailgate uh, with the South Dakota State people. And Jamie and I tried to stay out in the rain and it, it was coming a downpour and we're both from the South. So we were just like, uh, no, we're not standing out in this. Just absolutely not. Um, got to the game, finally met up with you, um, after interacting on Facebook and Twitter and all of that for what, about a year? Some, uh, probably more than that. Probably, Pro- probably more than that. But, um, the game was, coming from somebody who's been to the game that had to be there because I was in the band and JSU went in 2015, got slaughtered by North Dakota state. Um, being there as just a, just as a fan was a lot better experience than be having to be there for, uh, because I had to be there. Oh. Um, it was, I, I don't know about you, but my voice, I, I know you could hear it uh, during the lightning delay. My voice was absolutely gone. Oh, no, it was the same way. I remember um, we got just outside of Dallas and stopped to get a drink somewhere once we got out of the traffic from DFW. And um, my throat was, I had to get coffee because I was like, my throat is on fire because was, I was screaming. And I, I made myself a Sam Houston fan. So did you for the. Uh, um, for the day, so we had. Mm-hmm. A, oh, my throat was killing me. Oh my gosh! I we went to after the game, after, uh, seeing that last touchdown and like interacting with some amazing South Dakota State fans and Sam Houston fans. Um, after the game, we went to a play a little place called Hutchins Barbecue. Um, the best way I can explain it, uh, you North Alabama people will know what I'm talking about. There's a little place in North Alabama called Big Bob Gibson's Barbecue, and it tastes a lot like it, just a hundred percent better. <laughs> so the the barbecue in Texas is by far the best barbecue I've ever had. Um, and then you you had no Memphis barbecue, have you? I've never had Memphis barbecue. Memphis barbecue is something serious. I'll have I'll have to make a. I, I'm actually not that far away from Memphis. I don't know why I've never been. Um, but I came home uh, after dealing with DFW. Do not fly into DFW. Uh, <laughs> just leave it at that. D- don't do it. It's a trap. Um, finally got home, rested, and. I think my voice finally recovered after about five days from the trip. But it, again, I, this, this trip was amazing. I would love to try to go again. Um, it's been something I've wanted to do ever since 2015, but because of the same reasons as you spring semester being in college, it's a little, little hard to do that. So I thought it was cool too. It was, one of the closest things to normal since the pandemic has started, even though we were only at 50% capacity, but I will say this. Were we at 50% capacity though? They, they announced a crowd of less than 50%, but I don't believe it because uh-uh, that, that stadium was pretty packed. I mean, there were, there were over 10,000 people. I felt like, and I, I didn't feel like, cause UCA stadium holds like 12 ish. And I don't think you could have fit them all into Estes. So I, I, I think it was, I think they uh, were. I think they were undershooting the number a little bit, but it felt normal. It was like, hey, you know, we're all just having a good time. People were, people were out partying in the stands in the middle of the rain. Like, it was just a good time, and it felt felt normal. Yeah, and being a podcaster myself, and you eventually becoming a new podcaster, uh, one of the coolest things um, of the entire trip was at did happen at tight ends. Um, I got to meet the guys at bed FCS. Um, also got to meet Sam Herter. Uh, 
there was another podcast I cannot remember, but I met a bunch. Oh, I got to meet Kevin Marshall of FCS Nation. Um, so meet, I got to meet a lot, a bunch of cool people. And Sam, by far, um, along with the guys at Bet FCS, uh, they're some of the coolest guys. Um, if you ever get a chance to go to um, go to one of the, I, I don't know what you call, it, I guess a guess a simple way to put it is a gathering at a local bar or whatever. Um, if you get a chance to go to go to this trip, go on this trip and be able to go to the same place as Sam Herder, FCS Fans Nation, um, hopefully soon to be both of us every year. Um, just meeting all these people, it was so refreshing. Um, finally getting to meet some amazing people. All right. So I think all in all Frisco trip was a a success. Um, definitely going to be happening next, uh, I guess next year, but really in seven months. Yeah. No, you don't have to wait long. I mean, it's, it's right around the corner. We'll start. He's starting fall camp here in a month and a half, so. Yeah, so, all right, so moving on to the A-Sun. Finally, both of our teams are done with their prospective former conferences, and we are in what will probably be better than the WAC, so probably the easily the fourth best conference in the FCS, the A-Sun. So before we get in, uh, get too much into that, uh, just to remind some people, the first five teams of the ASUN football conference is Jacksonville State, Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, Kennesaw State, and North Alabama, with the possibility of one or two more teams being added by the uh, 2022 season. So, with that being said, would you say that the o- that the ASUN is going to be more difficult than the OVC and Southland, not just in football, but all sports. Oh, absolutely. Especially in other sports. I mean, we're talking about football specifically, there's no weeks off um, as far as conference games go. Uh, once we get into a full ASUN schedule, I mean, playing, we saw this past year, Eastern Kentucky's no pushover and North Alabama's not going to be, you know, a run of the mill program forever. They're going to, they're going to get better. And then, I mean, you don't have to say anything about Jacksonville State or Kennesaw. And so coming from, you know, playing in Conway one week and then having to go to Jacksonville the next and then having to go to Florence the next, it's it's uh, it's going to be a gauntlet. And so I don't think that, you know, either team – I don't think either of us saw that in the Ohio Valley or the Southland. I think that, you know, Jacksonville State every now and then is like, oh, we get to go play Murray State. It's like, ah. Oh. Uh, that was a guaranteed win, even though, you know, they were better this year, but um, historically. And, you know, mm-hmm. UTA was like, oh, we're playing Lamar this week. It's like, no problem. But um, you're not going to see that once we move into a full ASUN schedule. And then, you know, who knows who else they add. They add somebody else that's solid, might even be – that might be the case even more. So, yeah, I definitely think they're more difficult than the OVC or the Southland. But then in other sports especially, I mean – Look at softball and baseball right now with their tournaments going on. A-Sun had, I want to say, two or three softball teams make the field. I know they had two baseball teams make the field with Jacksonville and uh, Liberty. And so you talk about an athletic program like Liberty, that's a big-time program. And they're, they're pretty good at everything. And so I think especially in baseball, softball, even basketball, you're going to see the level, of, the level of play is a little higher than what we're used to. So. Yeah, especially playing a team like Liberty, who all around has a fantastic athletic department. Um, The only thing I wish we could do is play them in football, but they wanted to be a part of the FBS and go to bowl games and not be able to compete for a national championship. Uh, But that's for another day. Uh, But I agree with you as far as like football goes um, and the other sports, but to kind of comment on the ovc as far as football goes um you mentioned it uh having quote unquote off weeks um you would play come uh for us we would play like ut martin and then we would have a tough game against semo and then we would have like two or three 
easy win games against like Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, and then uh, play a decent Murray State team year in and year out, and then we would play Austin P and EKU. So like, I mean, it's it the OVC and the Southland, in my opinion, were on par with each other as far as like difficulty goes. Um, But going into the A-Sun or even the AQ-7 for the fall, I mean, you're playing week in, week out, some of the toughest games um, uh, starting this fall and going into the 2022 season when A-Sun football starts. You know, I feel like going, especially in the – the ASUN only schedule. Um, you, there were times that, you know, UCA didn't have a whole lot to gain by beating somebody other than it was a conference win, but it was a conference win that may, you know, nobody really paid attention to if it was an at-large selection or something like that when you look at playoffs. Um, but, you know, all four ASUN or probably five ASUN games um, in 2022 are going to be big time football games, big time matchups that have postseason implications. And so, um, that I'll, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited that, you know, the games are going to mean a little more. Um, and I think they'll prepare us a little more for postseason play. You know, UCA is trying to get over the second round hump. We've been to the second round like four times. Y'all too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> went, to, went to Montana and got the brakes beat off of us in 2012 or 11. Not, no, it was 11. Um, and then in 2012, got a bye and then got beat at Georgia Southern. Um, and then we had a second round uh, brick wall and Cheney at Eastern Washington and then lost at home this past year, or then lost to New Hampshire at home and then lost to Illinois State at home. So we've had some second round, you know, letdowns. But um, I think playing teams like Jacksonville State and Kennesaw in the, uh, in the regular season is going to be a pretty good preparation for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not and this kind of ties into the next question, but not to mention the rivalries that are going to be uh, basically formed or with renewed. this conference and renewed. Yeah, because y'all have a rivalry with UNA. Oh my God! This five-year-old Will cried in the bathroom at Edgewood <laughs> Stadium in two thousand and like five. I guess I was seven um, in a playoff loss to North Alabama. Oh my goodness! I hate North Alabama, and I haven't watched UCA play them since I was like eight. So, I mean, I, I don't like them, and so um, if if we can get some of those rivalries back, I think it's going to be awesome. And so, and I mean, obviously, you guys in North yeah. Alabama have a storied rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the with that being said, our second question is advantages to being in the A Sun. So I think we already stated rivalries because UCA will have a rivalry with UNA and then JSU will definitely have a rivalry with UNA and Kennesaw that has already been budding for like, what, the past four, three, four years. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm very excited for the rivalry aspect. Um, but I think an advantage that nobody is thinking about is this is a, a way for all of the teams involved to basically have a fresh start and make a statement within the first two years. Yeah. I see that. I mean, um, you talk about making a statement, like I alluded to earlier, the second round hump that we're trying to get over. I mean, I really do think this could take it to the to the next level and prepare us to to get to a quarterfinal or semifinal game. So, um, I, I agree. A, another advantage I think to being an A Sun, you, you've got such a. I, don't get me wrong. I love the Southland Conference. You know, I, I'm Southland strong forever. And I don't I don't think I feel about the Southland the way you feel about the Ohio Valley, but. Um, I think that maybe the membership as a whole of the ASUN is very forward thinking. Um, they're thinking long game. And, you know, a, Ted Gumbart talks all the time, you know, we want to make sure that the athletes and the schools have the freedom to do what they deem best for their programs. And um, so I think that that's, that's an advantage. I think you're getting into an athletic or into a uh, administration for the conference that, really does want what's best for the university and for the athletes. So 
Yeah, and the also another advantage, the fact that not only in just football, but all sports, um, I know it's probably not this way for UCA because y'all are the furthest West team, but for JSU, the A-Sun as a conference is within the footprint that our alumni live. Yeah. So all of the games are super close to where um, alumni can travel, um, fans can travel, or the games are close enough to where they live to where they can go support our team. Um, so I think that's a huge advantage for at least Jacksonville State. Um, maybe UNA, definitely Kennesaw, but those two teams have been in the A-Sun for the past three to eight years or so. Unfor- and, you know, unfortunately, that it's not the same for UCA. I mean, we don't fit in really anywhere geographically. I mean, in the Southland right now, we're the furthest north. And, um, you know, we had Oral Roberts for a while to travel with, but then they stepped out after two years. So, I mean, we didn't really have a travel partner in the Southland. We're not really going to have one in the A-Sun. Um, but that's, I mean, that's just how it is. We're in the middle of Arkansas. The only place we really would fit in is the Sun Belt because we have Little Rock and uh, Arkansas State. So, but maybe in the future. But, um, but I, I mean, I don't think it's a big disadvantage because that's how it's going to be in any conference for us. Right. Um, so we started mentioning other teams, even though they're not like within the conference, but within the conference, what team are you most excited to play? You know, I would say North Alabama because of the rivalry, but I think the most excited, honestly, is probably Jacksonville State, just because as far as success, and it's different from sport to sport. In football, I would say Jacksonville State because I think they've had the most success um, as far as post, like they've had the most postseason success uh, out of the five teams that are coming in. I mean, Kennesaw has been good, but the you know the timeline is not very long. Um, and so I would say Jacksonville State or Kennesaw would be most excited to play. Um, but then in other sports, definitely at Liberty. I think, you know, that's an athletic program that I'm excited to, you know, measure ourselves up to. Those are some facilities for, you know, a mid-major conference that are just ridiculous. And so um, I'd say Liberty for everything except for football, but then in football I'd say Kennesaw or JSU. Um, I agree for everything but football. Um we get, we had a big rivalry against Bel, with Belmont and the OVC, so I guess we're trading one Christian private school for the other. Uh, but I'm very excited to play Liberty in all sports but football. Uh, within football, I think there, there's a few teams I'm excited to play. I'm excited to play UCA uh, because I think about two years ago I had privately messaged you after like a, a discussion of like uh, teams that you want to play that was on the FCS fans nation page. Mm-hmm. And I said, dude, can we please have a home and home with central Arkansas and JSU? And now we get to have that every year. Yeah. So no, I, I, it's going to be cool. I, it's a measuring stick for success too. I mean, mm-hmm. Jacksonville state's had, tons of success like i said postseason wise and so that's i think why i'm i'm excited to play yeah. you guys i think the only like, eku we've played them every year so they're they're no different but they are a good competitive team uh but i think the other two schools una and ksu i'm really excited to play them every year one because una is a very old rivalry not just in all sports but also when it comes to band um, when you, this is me getting on a band tangent right here. When you look at like recruiting between UNA and JSU, they pretty much recruit from the same areas. So when you have that JSU UNA game, you're having so many kids from both schools that went to high school together and pretty much it's a band battle the entire, uh, game, especially during halftime. So I'm really excited to renew that rivalry as far as like uh, band goes, as well as uh, sports. But I think the one that I'm most excited about out of 
all the teams that I'm that we get to play is KSU because of the rivalry that has been budding or yeah. that has been in the making for the past like three years. Um, I think I mentioned to you in Frisco, that's going to be literally the Southern version of the Brawl of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I that is going to be one of the best rivalries at the FCS level. And the fact that you get to play it every year and both schools are only separated by about 90 miles it's going to be super easy to pack out each stadium every single year no doubt and there's going to be it's there's going to be stuff on the line every year too mm-hmm. i mean like that's what i said earlier i mean no game's going to be a oh well you know it doesn't matter who wins this game it's going to be a especially with a small conference like that it's going to be you know you have to be every game is going to have something riding on it Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been mentioning teams and everything. So we also previously briefly mentioned, um, about the possibility of, or alluded to new teams, possibly like joining and all of that. So how soon could we expect teams to join and who could those possible teams be? As far as how soon, I don't know. Um, I mean, Commissioner Gumbar talked about, you know, they they want to have a full ASUN schedule uh, in 2022. Um, so I mean, I would I would say that sometime in the next year, obviously. Um, but as far as who, so who do I want it to be? I want it to be James Madison. Who do I think it will be? Probably not James Madison. But um, tonight, watching the uh, the women's college world series game. Um, the commentator was talking about how uh, JMU's success in softball would, you know, give everybody in the Colonial the uh, – it was like would let everyone in the Colonial know that they could do it too. And then he said, and let everyone in the A-Sun know that they could do it too. And I was like, that's I heard cool. that, and I was like, are you alluding to something that we like, don't know? That's kind of random. And me and my dad <laughs> were talking about it, and he was like, I think they're just comparing the conferences. And I was like, oh, maybe so. I was like <laughs> – I, maybe this commentator dude in his you know living room knows something that we don't. But uh, well, I think you. I mean, you probably heard Jamie mention this in Frisco, but he has said on numerous occasions he's not the only one that he said. There's many alumni, many current students, many um current uh many current athletes that do not like the Colonial and they want James Madison out of the Colonial. So, I mean, I want it to be James Madison, uh, but I'll get into who I think um, will join after you finish your previous statement. Let's do this. You give me your top team that you think is going to, that you think is like a top prospect, and then I'll give you mine. And if, if they're the same, I'll just go to my two. Um, that's not James Madison. Yeah, who you think will actually be the team. My top prospect, I think it's going to be Austin P. See, I I see where you're coming from, but the more that I think about it, I think Chattanooga. Okay, so there was a post on FCS Fans Nation the other day, and it was a um, podcast, a Chattanooga podcast, where the guy that hosts it was asking the AD about, like, uh, possible reaffiliation with conference uh, realignment for Chattanooga. And he just asked the AD, um, so was Chattanooga contacted? And the AD said, we were contacted by the OVC and ASUN, but we are going to be staying in the SOCON, blah, 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 blah. After he said that, I was like, I don't even want y'all anymore. Y'all are just absolute trash just trash uh y'all are horrible people y'all don't see an opportunity and when an opportunity is presented you take it and crumble it up and throw it in the trash can what like like why would you do that you have an o- an ovc conference that definitely needs members that you can easily be competing for the conference aq not to mention you got contacted by the a sun that's going to be 10 times more competitive than the ovc 
Why would I, you not take advantage of either of those? You kind of touched on it. That was kind of my uh, one drawback with Chattanooga. Is, um, I don't think that their athletic department, I don't think they're as visionary as, this, uh, as the ASUN uh, administration is. And so when that, when that vision doesn't line up, um, I don't think it works. I think in the athletic administration for all the universities that are joining the ASUN football conference, I see the same, same kind of uh, outlook on the future. Whereas Chattanooga, I think is, you know, I don't want to say like good with being average, but they're content with where they are. Um, I don't think they have a whole lot of you know desire to move up the ranks anytime soon. So, I mean, that, that's the one drawback with Chattanooga, but I do think Austin P has that um, vision, but at the same time, Austin P doesn't carry the brand that Chattanooga does. You know, there's a lot of history with with uh, Chattanooga football. So now I, we won't discuss any of these teams unless you feel the need to. But there have been other teams like Southern Illinois, SEMO, McNeese. Uh, southeastern Louisiana that have been brought up. Um, I could see any one of those schools joining. I don't. I, out of those schools, I would rather Southern Illinois. Uh, yeah. But that's just me. Depending on um, how many they add, Southeastern I think would be a pretty good candidate. Now they're going to be kind of in our boat. It's going to be a travel nightmare. But mm. um, but. It's nothing they haven't done. You know, they travel to Abilene every year. So, um, mm-hmm. but I, I like I like the thought of McNeese. I like the thought of Southeastern a little better. Um, but I like both of those schools. Okay. Um, I think we're pretty much in agreement in all of that. So, got to wait uh, for Ted Mountain to join him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised, though, because I think there's going to be a curveball thrown um, as far as who joins, but we will see what happens. Maybe somebody um, we haven't even talked about. That or a team that we have mentioned that people are saying there's absolutely no chance. Um, so with, uh, with that, let's move into our football segment. Um, JSU football uh, this past year, they were OVC champs. Uh, kind of had a scare there with Austin P, um, but we knew that was going to be a close game. But turnovers completely bit us in the butt. Um, made playoffs, completely destroyed Davidson, um, and then still did not get the job done against a Big Three program when we have the talent and the drive to do it. Um, so. This seems to be a trend for JSU when we play teams like Delaware, North Dakota State, Youngstown State in the playoffs. What what is the to you, what is the issue that JSU is not fixing? I can't pinpoint it. I really can't. Um I mean I hear you talk a lot about discipline. Um, which, I mean, discipline is one thing that, you know, really cost them against Delaware, but I don't know that discipline is the reason that they have had a trend line of losing to big three teams like that. But um, I don't want to say that it's the same, you know, soft Houston, um, you know, headline that everybody pushes or pushed prior to this year, but the the brand of football that the teams that schools like UCA and Jacksonville State lose to in the playoffs is different. Um, you know, Montana, when we went there in 2011, we got just bodied. I mean, it, yeah, they aired it out on us, but we got dominated at the offensive and defensive line. And um, I, I think Delaware's defensive line was more physical. Um but I don't know that they it's... They were like 10 times bigger, too. Well, that's fair. But um, I don't know how to pinpoint it, I guess. I don't, I don't know if you can pinpoint it to one thing. But I will say this. This is not a knock to Jacksonville State at all. 
but the culture of the football team at Delaware this year, just watching them, you felt like, hey, you know, they were all, it was one team working toward one goal. I didn't feel like that when I watched Jacksonville State. I felt like, you know, I saw some great talent out on the field, some probably better athletes than what than the Delaware sideline. But I felt like it was a few more individuals and a few less um, team players, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to, how to describe it. No, no, you're 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 a hundred percent right. There were too many, um, and I'm gonna pin it on coaching. Um, I, there's too many play uh, players that are playing me ball. Like it has to be me. It has to be me. If it's not me, you're wrong. That kind of mentality, um, which also brings about the discipline issue as well, um, because they think they can they think that they are thinking about themselves and that they have to carry the team sometimes that they sometimes that can hurt you when it comes to discipline um but i i think the biggest thing is the coaching i think the coaching needs to change um so i i'll give you my thoughts and then you can chime in or uh and give your thoughts but I think this upcoming year is going to make or break the coaching staff. If we do not have a good season, you could possibly see either Gross fired, or if he's not fired, uh, you could see some coaching changes as far as like offensive coaching staff, defensive coaching staff, what have you, uh, with any position when it comes to coaching. Um but if we are good, then maybe there could still be some coaching changes. I don't know. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, describe good, though, because, I mean, you you went to the quarterfinals this year of the playoffs, and it's like, you know, the fan base is calling for John Grouse's head. Um, so, I mean, how, how good do you have to do to be like, okay, you know, maybe he's the guy? Well. Also, when you're when you have the talent that JSU has, and you're not making the quarters and semis on a yearly basis, that's an issue. I, just, I know I this. Like... I know this. I know this season was a little different as far as playoff playoffs go because it was less teams. So pretty much your second round was your quarterfinals, but right. when usually your quarterfinals is like your third round. So I, I personally think that in order to be like qualified as a team like Sam Houston State, Eastern Washington, you have to be making the quarters and semis on a yearly basis. That's fair. I just feel like I get a lot of vibes from the Gamecock fan base. I get a lot of like, you know, Georgia, Mark Ricks, Auburn, Gus Malzahn, mm-hmm. uh, vibes where it's like hey you know he's winning nine ten games a year and it's like you're calling for him he's he's on the hot seat and it's you know that's that's the vibe i get but mm-hmm. i mean I, you have a deeper look at the you know culture of the football program and the you know week to week um performances more more so than i do i mean um so i i see where you're coming from if he if he's not the guy that can rally the troops, then you gotta find somebody that can. Yeah, I think also another part of it is when you're facing big three teams. Um, our first big three postseason opponent was of, of the current era was North Dakota State, and we got stomped by twenty seven points. And then the next year we played Youngstown State, lost by sixteen points. And then this year we lose to Delaware by six. So. Like I've told the guys on FCS Fans Nation, we're getting better against big three opponents, but we're still not getting the job done when we have the talent to compete with those teams. So to me, that's also a coaching issue when it comes to the culture of the team, if that makes any sense. No, I got you. It, I get it. I just, 
I don't know. It's just so foreign to me for because I said the same thing when Georgia fired Mark Rick. I was like, you know, the man was winning nine on average nine games a year. I was like, what can you be upset about? But he wasn't winning national championships, and mm-hmm. that's what they expect. So I get it. Yeah, and to continue about coaching and everything, um, the the coach that everybody the coach that everybody wants gone is Jimmy Ogle who is our offensive coordinator. And it's very evident with one specific player as to why we want him gone. Um, we have three transfers that have been confirmed. Um, others have either dropped out or have not, uh, have withdrawn from the portal or they um, haven't made it official. So Jared Scott, Trey Berry, and Jamias Presley. Jamias Presley is a cornerback, and then Trey Berry is a tight end, and Jared Scott is a wide receiver. So it is very evident with at least Trey Berry as to why he's wanting to enter the portal as a grad transfer. Oh, yeah. I mean, we I... did not utilize him as much as we want, as much as we should have. It, I mean, Trey Berry is going to go to Boston College and be one of the best tight ends in the FBS. Oh, absolutely, and I'm so ready to see him play. He's going to – they're going to be throwing dump passes five yards downfield to him. Oh, my gosh. But guys being dudes up in Boston, it's going to be mm-hmm. – he's going to enjoy it. He'll be – Yeah, and then I'm, Jared – he's getting to do something like that. Yeah, and then Jared Scott, like – I know you probably watched a lot of – or most of the JSU games. We ran the ball a lot. So, it is it, – it's understandable why Jared Scott was like, I'm gone by, I graduated, I'm entering the portal as a grad transfer. So it's very understandable. So to me, that says something about how Jimmy Ogle coaches and doesn't see the players that he's getting that could be key players into winning certain games and being successful. I don't want to look too much into Jared Scott transferring either because the man's bounced around. Every, he's gone everywhere. He was at Wyoming, and then he was at Prairie View A&M, and then now he's leaving Jacksonville State. So, I mean, he's about to be on his fourth school in five years. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, at some point, it's not it's, – it's, I don't know. It's not – you got to look in the mirror at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a fair point, but the biggest one is Trey Berry – um, I guarantee you, if we had utilized him a lot more, he'd be staying at JSU for grad school and he's, playing he's, as a grad student. He's the kind of guy that should have been a you know a Peyton Award finalist and you know exactly been a one of the guys to break through and do it for the tight end position. I mean, so I, exactly, I can, I can see why he's leaving. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up our JSU football review um, segment. Let's move on to what we will be dis- discussing a lot this fall. The AQ7, or as Will and I like to call it, the Wax Sun. So the teams that are involved are Abilene Christian, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, uh, Lamar, Central Arkansas, EKU, JSU, and then Tarleton State and Dixie State, but those last two teams are still in their transition, so they will not be ca- counted towards the standings. Um, this is easily the best, the fourth best conference. Easily. I just wish that Kennesaw and North Alabama were in it with us. That'd be kind of wild. I know, I know, I really wish uh, that was the case. Um, that would definitely make things a lot more interesting. Oh, yeah. um, so what do you think are the best uh, conference matchups when it comes to this schedule? Like in like in the conference? Yes, in the conference. Uh, I mean, I definitely, the top three are going to be you know, the UCA versus Jacksonville State game, the Sam Houston versus Jacksonville State game, and then the UCA Sam Houston game. Because I think that I think those three will decide the uh the conference champion. Um I'm not sure what the ring will say. I'm not sure if it'll say, you know, AQ seven champs or what, but um I think those three matchups will probably be the biggest. I think, you know, seeing how SFA does against somebody like 
um, Sam Houston in their first conference game of the year will be um, will be kind of a measuring stick because no one knows how good SFA is. They played, what, four D2 schools this year and won six games? I mean, um, it's hard to see just how good they are because the only D1 teams they beat were Eastern Kentucky and uh, Abilene Christian. And so um, I think the Battle of the Piney Woods will be a, um, a good one to watch. And then um, just the – the matchups between the what I think will be the big three of the conference. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw one more in there just because there's a lot of history between the two schools, and I'm going to say JSU and Eastern Kentucky. Um, usually that, in the OVC, that was one of the games that would either determine an at-large bid or who would get the conference AQ before JSU went on its absolute run of just, like, complete domination. Um, So I think that's going to also be another good game. So I think the five games that we mentioned, all of them are going to be fantastic games. Um, I would even throw Eastern Kentucky and UCA in there just because of the home-and-home that y'all had this past year where UKU beat y'all by, what, three the first game? He was, it was something marginal. That God, both yeah. of those games were just insane. I I know, and it was very refreshing to actually see an OVC opponent uh, competing very well with one of the better Southland teams. Oh. Um, and after this, and after the Wack and A Sun made this announcement, I was like, oh man, these conference games are going to be absolutely brutal. If you're uh, if you're listening and you don't know what the UCA and Eastern Kentucky games were like, we uh so they jumped out on us in Richmond uh, at Eastern Kentucky and um we we came back and scored to take the lead with I want to say a minute and thirteen seconds left and they threw a little like halfback wheel pass um to the corner front corner of the end zone and scored with like two seconds left. And to beat us and then in Conway we went up 24 to 0 and somehow found ourselves down like 25 to 24 um and then we came back to beat them so it was just like back and forth and back and forth those were two I have too many gray hairs from those games <laughs> yeah I wish uh JSU and UCA would have uh made a made a game that uh put a game together for the fall, but eh, I guess I can wait till what October, late October. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule here. It's our eighth game of the year. So yeah, it should be sometime in October. Yeah. Speaking of schedules, let's look at, um, we won't talk too much about it, about the schedules, uh, just to give the listeners an idea of, what the what the schedules for both schools are like so for JSU we we will start the uh beginning of the season against two FBS opponents uh UAB and Florida State and then we go on our three FCS non-conference stretch with North Alabama uh UT Martin and Kennesaw State and then we have our six game uh AQ7 schedule uh Stephen f austin then sam houston state uh central arkansas abilene christian lamar and then we end the season with eastern kentucky um i think this is going to be one of the more difficult uh schedules out of the entire fcs this season um i was telling uh the boys in frisco um JSU might have a top 30 or top 20 strength of schedule next year, which is going, if we make it out of there and with at least, uh, I'll even say seven wins, where you can almost guarantee that we will have one of the last uh, playoff spots. Um, I, I mean, top 20 or top 30 is conservative. I mean, for that's, I'd give it, top 15 at least i mean you're playing two fbs opponents and then you've got the defending national champs a, a 
team that the last time they played in a playoff season, they made the playoffs, UCA. Um, Kennesaw, that's another playoff mm-hmm. team. I mean, that's five schools right there that are going to be, as far as RPI-wise, are going to be in the top 25% of the FCS. Mm-hmm. And I'm at least seeing – correct me if I'm – I mean, chime in if you want – but I'm seeing at least seven wins with this schedule. At least. Yeah. I, you know, I sent you my composite results schedule, and I, don't, I figure we'll do a preseason wax on, you know, pod where we can talk about that. But, yeah. I mean, I've got Jacksonville State winning nine, but that's giving them the UAB game just because I want you to beat UAB. Um, right. Maybe, maybe little, we want to beat UAB too. Maybe a little – going with the heart over my head there, but um, I'd say I don't think you're going to lose to, you know, I could go through here and be like, well, you could potentially lose to this, this, these people, these people, these people, and only end with six wins, but I don't think you'll lose that many games together. You may lose to Kennesaw, but if you lose to Kennesaw, I don't think you'll lose to, you know, I don't think you'll lose to North Alabama if you lose to Kennesaw. If you lose to North Alabama, I don't think you'll lose to Kennesaw. I don't think you'll lose to two teams like that in one season. So, right. yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say I think at worst, Jacksonville State goes 7-4. and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At best, I could – at best, I could actually see 10-1. and one, But that's putting, like you said, my um, heart over my head. Um but we will we'll see what happens. We'll we'll do a more in depth analysis come Brilliant. preseason. Um, so, how about you talk about uh, UCA schedule? So we open up on my birthday against Arkansas State. Try to avenge last season's loss, um, and then we go up to Springfield, play Missouri State for the third time in like less than fifty two weeks. Um, and then we come home, open up at home against Arkansas Pine Bluff. And then following, we have Sam Houston at home and travel to Abilene, come home for Eastern Kentucky, um, and go to Beaumont for Lamar, and then go to Jacksonville for Jacksonville State. Come home for homecoming against uh, Texas Wesleyan, which is an NAI school. And then stay at home for Stephen F. Austin. And then we finish out the regular season at Tarleton State. So, I mean, uh, the Arkansas State game, just starting from the beginning, that's a winnable FBS game. Mm-hmm. Um, we beat them in 2016, um, which they've got – the Arkansas State's going to be a dark horse in the Sun Belt, I think, because they've got a lot of transfers. Butch Jones is doing a number on the SEC right now. But – um, I, I, I marked that one as a loss, you know, going with my head. Um, but then I have us going nine and two, but I would say eight and three is probably a little more, um, realistic because I have us beaten Sam Houston. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, I have us in my projection, which we'll refine it a little more later on. I have us beating Sam Houston and losing to Jacksonville State simply because of where we're playing. I don't think we'll lose to Sam Houston on the stripes, and I don't think – I don't know that the trip to Jacksonville is going to be easy to uh, make the trip and, and win. So um, I have us going 9-2, and two, but I would say 8-3, and 7-4 and four would be a also realistic um, result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh We'll get into uh, preseason stuff um, in a little bit, and I guess you could call it our pre-preseason because there's a certain situation that both both of us have talked about <laughs> that I think would be awesome to close the uh, episode with. Um, I think we pretty much uh, touched on this one, possible playoff teams and bubble teams. Uh, I think we're in agreement that Sam Houston, JSU, UCA are your possible playoff teams. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say if that happens uh, with EKU possibly finishing with seven wins, 
uh, you could very well see them as a bubble team, not not making the field, but make uh, being in the bubble. Well, and it just depends on who their seven wins are. See, I could see them, I could see them losing to Abilene Christian and then turn around and you know beating one of the big three teams out of the conference. I mean, it's it, it depends on who their wins are against. If they've got seven wins and they lose to UCA, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State, and Louisville, I don't think they get in. But if they have seven wins and lose to Abilene Christian and Lamar, but beat UCA and Sam Houston, well, that's a little more impressive. So, yeah, I, I can see that as well. Um, so we're we're heading up on an hour. So to close this episode, let's discuss our uh, dream scenario that we've been talking about as our pre preseason stand way too early preseason uh, standings predictions. So you want to go first? All right. So. The dream scenario here is a three-way dead tie. I'm I'm having UCA beat Sam Houston on the stripes at home because we don't lose on the stripes. But then three weeks later, four weeks later, go to Jacksonville and lose. All right, we'll spin that around. So Sam Houston loses on the stripes but beats Jacksonville State at home. Well, turn that around. Jacksonville State loses in Huntsville at Sam Houston, but they beat UCA in Jacksonville. So you've got three teams, one loss, all to each other. It's pandemonium. I I don't know what to do. Pure chaos is what I call it, and I love pure chaos. You can't leave one of those three teams out unless... Oh, absolutely not. I mean, because if, if there's three teams with one conference loss, and it's all to each other, I can't leave them out. I mean... And to me, and to me I think all of these teams will win their FCS out-of-conference games. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, UCA and JSU goes... Uh, they play FBS teams. So you could have that one conference loss and still have Sam Houston go undefeated, UCA with two losses, and JSU with three losses. Wait. If that scenario happened, Sam Houston would have one loss. One loss, yeah, never mind. Okay. So you would have a one-loss Sam Houston, two-loss Central Arkansas, and three-loss Jacksonville State. Just saying. If that happens... But FBS losses do not count against you when it comes to playoffs. Right. It's just it's freaking pandemonium. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to finish this up and uh, cover the bottom. I had EKU coming in at, f- at uh, number four. And then behind them, I had uh, Stephen F. Austin, then followed by um, Abilene Christian, and then sorry, Lamar, I had you losing every single game. We, uh, I think, we had the same order of finish. Um, I do have Lamar beating Abilene at home, and then losing to Abilene on the road. And then I haven't, I haven't beaten Tarleton State on the road, but we'll see. But same word. I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are um, uh, overlooking, especially Tarleton. I don't know about Dixie State yet because I didn't get to watch them a whole lot this past spring. But Tarleton, I think people are going to be overlooking Tarleton like nobody's business. I did. I thought the same thing at first, but then toward the end of the year, they didn't look that impressive. I think they realized they're like, okay, we had two really good wins to start the season. Let's just cruise the rest of the spring. So I don't know if the Duncan kid will be back or not. He transferred from Western Kentucky. We played him in 2019. He can he can throw the ball around a little bit, but I don't know if he graduated or not. So, ah, uh, okay. So, well, it was nice having you on, Will. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. So, do you want to plug your your social media accounts and yeah. all of that before uh, you go? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Siler underscore Will. That's S-I-L-E-R underscore Will. 
And then on Instagram, it's just at Siler Will. And, uh, I'm on Facebook, but it's just my name. So, yep. You can find me on uh, there. Before we go, guys, thank you for for joining us. Again, thank you, Will, for join, uh, coming on today. Um, we had another person, like I said, we had another person that was going to join us, but he had some, uh, un, uh, he had something come up at the, at the very last second. So he, he texted me and he was like, Hey dude, here's, here's the situation. But anyways, you can follow cocky nation on Instagram, uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, handle for Instagram and Twitter are the same cocky under at, un- at cocky underscore nation um on facebook we are just cocky nation a jsu podcast request to join our page and we'll and i'll approve it or one of the other admins will um you can find this podcast on apple podcast google podcast spotify the anchor app uh we just added a youtube channel so if you look up Cocky Nation, a JSU podcast on YouTube, give us a uh, click the subscribe button and be on the lookout for some possible videos for our episodes starting in the fall. That is also something that Will and I are going to try to do for our podcast as well. I so, know, but it sounds like you're playing to me. Well, I'll, yeah, the, I'll explain everything later, but yeah, that's the plan right now for both of our podcasts. Uh, be on the lookout for our podcast as well as uh, preseason stuff for Kaki Nation. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna go finish watching this Alabama uh, College World Series game. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna go downstairs. I I don't have it on right now, but it's on downstairs, so I'm gonna go watch it. All right, guys. Hope you have a good morning. Uh, afternoon or evening wherever you are and always remember fear the beak go bears yep bear calls we're out boom